Wait, Actually, what, were you what were you brought up as? I was uh, brought up Christian. Wow, this is definitely not going to make it into the episode. <laughs> To uh, season two, episode ten, made it through ten so far this year, Doug, of the filmed insert podcast. I'm this is gonna be a he- this is gonna be a heft- heftier season, right? Would you say? Oh, it's definitely gonna be a heftier season. It's like um, a million million episodes we're shooting for. Right. I mean, we're trying. We're much better now at doing one a week than we were in the past. I think. Yeah. Um, we're very good, and that is definitely due to Doug's persistent podcast producing. Uh, so everybody who enjoys the podcast on a weekly basis, thank Doug for it. So Doug, hi, it's uh, getting close to Christmas time. How you, how, are we, how are you handling the holiday stress? Um, I'm not doing too bad. I'm not doing um, too difficult, too difficultly. What? Sounds like your speech cut and cognition is breaking down a bit. That's a sign of stress. Yeah, maybe I am stressed out. I didn't, I didn't even know. I think I'm more stressed out about the end of the year. Why is that? Because uh, end of the year lists, right? We got a, we got pressure. That's right. This is the time of the year that everybody's doing their end of the year lists, which, uh, you know, you see these all the time, the top this, the top that of 2011. I always enjoy these lists. Usually they come up a little bit later, but we're going to do ours a little bit early to get you guys in the season a little bit. So we decided Doug and I would do... Each our top five music videos of 2011. We did decide that. And now how are we going to do this? Are we going to like do your five, my five, and and roll on down let's and do, roll on down? Let's do one one to one ratio. Start with our both of our fives and then and then that's, and keep going down. So we should talk about the criteria. That's what, that's what I that's what I that's what I meant. I know that it didn't sound like that's what I meant, but mm-hmm. that's what I meant. Let's start with let's go you you first and then me. Me you, first. Me num me five. Doug Klinger first. Yeah. Me number five video is um, The Left Rights, I'm on Crack, uh, mm-hmm. directed by Mike Diva and Petey Flo, and um, starring the talented Josh Haraway. Um, listeners of this podcast may be aware of this video because they were our first interview, those three gentlemen. That's and, right, all uh, the way back in January 2011. Right, way back when. This this is the second season, however, it all took place within one year, two seasons. I don't know if that's a normal thing. Um, but uh, I think it's just because we call it that. Um, but yeah, that's my first video, Mad Effects. Now, what, do you, what do you enjoy about this video? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, the effects, I think it was like, um, you know... It, I guess when it, you know going back to the personal relevance and 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 this show relevance, I think that the fact that they were our first guests on our podcast and like kind of like kicking us off, um, kind mm-hmm. of plays heavy heavy into this choice. And it, and uh, that's a good choice. And I think I I might as well go for my number five. And for my number five, uh, I've got uh, Lotus Flower by Radiohead, directed by Garth Jennings. And you remember, I think in February of 2011, this music video as well as Britney Spears' uh, Me Against the World or one of her, God, I, I hate that woman's music, uh, one of her uh, videos came out and it was there was definitely a big contrast between her big sort of bombastic uh, video and the Radiohead one, which just features Tom York just dancing uh, in a warehouse. And it's a... Uh, it was a video that was very popular, but it also spawned a lot of parodies. There's a great uh, mashup, which we should link to in the show notes, of uh, him dancing and Willow Smith with my hair back and forth. But nice. Uh, anyway, it's a it's a really fantastic sort of minimalist video, and it show the thing I really liked about it is what it showcased what Tom York was not really known for, but if you had seen him live, you really knew he knew how to do well, which is dance. It's the only thing I liked out of Radiohead that came out this year, so that's my number five. And that's also got a little bit of pod, our uh, filmed insert 
relevance because that was what you did with the early film then sir you didn't you talk about that video or was that an early blog post or something like that uh it might have been yeah it was don't be coy um so my uh numero my numero quattro Mm -hmm. um comes from uh virginia mc push a t featuring taylor the creator um the song is Trouble on My Mind, and it was directed by Jason Goldwatch. And I really enjoy this music video because it kind of shows, I don't know, like at the beginning of the music video, it shows Pusha T and, and uh, Taylor kind of like putting masks on and, and uh, like it looks like they're about to like rob somebody or something like that. And then they just start throwing eggs at people. And from there on, it's like a lot of ridiculousness with old ladies and uh, wheelchairs and, um, you know, two two things that, when combined, make for an awesome music video. There you go. That is a good one. Uh, my number four is the only one I picked from our podcast lineup, just because I really enjoyed this video a lot, uh, which was Kina Granis in Your Arms. And this isn't really a heavy music video or one that's really emotionally charged or anything like that but i just thought it was visually really a, a stunning video this is the one that if you'll recall a few podcasts back we had greg on the podcast and uh, it was done entirely with a jelly bean background and i thought the attention to detail and um, jelly beans tend to be really colorful and uh, if you look at every frame of that video it's just a really beautiful um Mosaic, you know, we we saw a lot of you know more emotionally charged or more sort of, I guess, that had emotional meaning video throughout the the podcast season. But I'd say that was definitely my favorite, in terms of you know like a sitting down and, and enjoying it podcast, uh, enjoying music video uh, experience, and it was good enough for the Ellen Show. So uh, that definitely was one of the ones that we looked at that that broke into the mainstream. So that is my number four, Keenan Granis in your arms. Sweet uh, choice for your number four. Um, my number three is um, actually my third guest in, from the podcast in a row. Uh, like, that's a bad thing. It is uh, Prince E, Backwards Rappers. For me, this was kind of like an obvious choice. The video, like, really caught my eye. I had never heard of Prince E before. That's kind of like the first case of any of that's the only case of any of my choices where I hadn't heard of the artist or the director before the video came out and it kind of really caught my attention we talked a lot about it on the show we had Princey on the show um you know we all know what happens it's really really uh kind of feat of you know lyric writing and you know making that those lyrics match with the video so backwards rappers number three Doug Klinger's list. Adam Fairholm's list. Number three. Now, if you had to ask me what was the single biggest song of 2011, I would definitely tell you LMFAO's Party Rock Anthem. Now, not that because it's a, just a fan, not because it's a great song or anything like that. It was just a song that I think more than any one of the year just kind of defied being played out it is still being played on the radio very frequently it really kind of took off during the early months of the summer and with any large video a uh, very popular video you have a, uh, a music video to go along with it obviously and this one you know usually with you know really really popular videos the music videos are either a little um too premise heavy or they're not really well executed they're done really kind of in a hurried rush uh, this one was directed by mickey finn again and it was one that i really really enjoyed i watched it over and over during the summer because uh, it's a, just a really fun video and i think that definitely the personalities of lmfio because uh, they're such kind of huge personalities really carry it and i think we saw i can't remember what award show it was just a few weeks ago where they basically reenacted most of the video in the sexy and you know it video which is becoming definitely a trend on uh, on award shows is to reenact videos. Uh, so that was uh, that definitely was one that was really well done, really put together, and really enjoyable. And I I thought it was it was a, a great video match for a really popular song 
and that is my number uh, three. Um, not an obvious choice for you, Adam. You haven't talked at all about that video this season. I'll get you, Doug. Uh, I was I was like waiting to give you a chance to like. Uh, I think it's more because I needed to make sure to interact with you. I don't want this to just become like us shouting our choices back and forth. <laughs> I need I need to say something to you. We need to be part of the show together. Interaction, Interaction. is important for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my my number two pick getting getting close. This is getting close it, to number one. There's only one yeah. away from number one from here. Right, that is how uh, counting works. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my it's uh, my number two choice is for a band called Is Tropical, and the song's called The Greeks. The video was directed by Megaforce. Um, Megaforce makes um, kind of some of the most kind of visually interesting videos uh, right now. I would say, um, and you know the videos are like so cool, and like people like Adam and I and and the listeners of the, our podcast probably like really love the videos of Megaforce. However, like their videos have also been like replaced by just like party videos because they aren't necessarily like commercially appealing or something like that. But um, they make some of the, just like the coolest music videos you'll ever see. And the Is Tropical, the Greeks video is an example of that that I chose because of how, because of its awesomeness that exists within it. Um, this video is kind of like kids shooting like toy guns at each other, but over top of the toy guns is like animated real guns and, and animated explosions and blood and, and uh, you know, just awesome stuff. Check it out. Okay, number two. Here comes my number two. And uh, this was, if you paid attention to music videos at all in 2011, you definitely check this one out. Tyler, the creator of Yonkers video. Uh, and this one broke in late February, uh, a lot due to the fact that Kanye West tweeted that he thought it was the best video of 2011, which at that point was only two months in. So that was a little premature, uh, but it was nominated for a video of the year award. And guess who less lost to Katy Perry's Firework, which was a great video, I guess. Uh, but I I feel like this one was definitely a lot better. Um, and it's kind of hard to put your finger on what people found so appealing on this because of this video because I think it really definitely launched Tyler Creator's career in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know. It's uh, black and white. It's very real. Very kind of has a little bit of a shock value, and um, just a really very entertaining video. I think the main one iconic image from this that will remain is a little bit of a gross out one. Is that him eating the cockroach? Uh, do you do you remember this? Do you were you a fan of this video, Doug? Oh yeah, absolutely. I uh, yeah. It, it, had this video not been on your list, and and since we didn't want any crossovers, uh, that video easily could have made my top five. I mean, it's really great. It's just, you know, you you're right. You know, I don't. You, you don't have to question it. Like the reasons you said are why. Like it's a little bit of shock value. You know, kind of like the charisma, mm -hmm. um, and uh, just kind of, you know, just kind of like that. For me, it's like it doesn't really cut away, you know. Like all the cuts are very seamless. If there is cuts, like I don't, we don't really, I don't really know how the production worked. Um, but like it's kind of just like locks in on the action, and it's just all this ridiculous stuff happening, and there's nothing else to kind of break you away from that for the whole video. Mm -hmm. And um, you know those those feelings are only intensified by like kind of the song and the way the delivery of his lyrics. So. Um, yeah, I think that's why, probably. And it was directed by, uh, listed as Wolf Haley, who uh, is not an actual person, but Tyler the Creator's named alter ego, which is a big right. thing now. Uh, so, uh, so there I think you he's go. Got, I think he's got several named alter egos, and that's just one of them. Is he like uh, Nicki Minaj, who does that thing? She has I don't know. I don't know if he's like Nicki Minaj. I think she he's just like a really like eccentric kind of guy. Right. Well, there you go. Those are number that's two. Such a, that's such a lame word, though. Eccentric. <laughs> like I hate. I hate that. I just said you think that. like uh, like I when I picture eccentric. He's like I Johnny think... Depp. Yeah, he's Johnny Depp, right? <laughs> Taylor Grader, Johnny Depp, same guy. So uh, uh, now here's the moment you guys have all been waiting for. Everybody, we're doing 
We're doing number one. Uh, for top top seeds of the year. My number one pick is, uh, and I'd be surprised if this video doesn't end up being, you know, like on some of the other top top five videos of the year, if there are any of those lists other than our own. Um, but this is uh, Chromio When the Night Falls, directed by Daniels. Um, I'm a fan of like the the director duos like Daniels and Megaforce. I think I don't know Daniels are probably my favorite. Like they keep coming out with with more like just videos that are so awesome and fun. And uh, this one is like a highlight. Um, it was a pick. Of, it was one of my picks of the week earlier in the season. Um, the concept of this video is women lock eyes with Chromio as they perform and burst into pregnancy and then chase them down in the streets. Um, just, just, it's just like such a ridiculous and fun and funny concept that, uh, you know, it belongs on this list and in this spot. What up with that? Number one. And that is a great, a great, fantastic video. I love that video. Yeah, it is. The, it's the best. It's the best of 2011 in an entire year. Yeah, IMO. What does that mean? In my opinion. Oh, what? Right. Internet, internet talk. You can't say internet things on a podcast. No, it doesn't. It's not. It it doesn't have its place here. You're right. <laughs> so you, you, numero uno. So numero uno. Uh, I was actually looking around at top ten lists just to kind of see. Uh, just cheat. Yeah, so, just to kind of cheat. Well, actually, you'll probably if you look around top ten lists, none of mine are on anybody's except maybe Tyler the Creator, and except maybe this one because I can't remember whose list it was on, but it was also number one, and I had the exact same number one. I was like, yes, somebody else agrees with me, um, and that is a, definitely a major mainstream video, and that is Lady Gaga's uh, Born This Way, which came out on uh, Monday, February twenty eighth, two thousand eleven. So February is a big month for for music videos, and it kind of says a lot that nothing was really able to top it from there. Um, so, uh, why I like this video, I think it has two elements that are really important for a great music video. Number one is just really fantastic energy and editing. Um, this video is a little bit famous for a really kind of prolonged but not overly longed uh film-esque uh 1980s film you know very cinematic opening uh this is when lady gaga was all about the whole uh, birth metaphor and you'll definitely find lots of that in here um including a really weird birth scene uh but once that once the actual born this way song starts which is a really sort of hard driving really really energetic song um they actually kind of switch from this odd cinematic mode to a really uh really tightly uh shot and really tightly edited uh music video that is coupled with the second element which i think is really important is just a really fantastic performance uh by lady gaga you'll see there's there's just parts of the video where she just kind of goes a little nuts or kind of you know really starts getting into the music which is difficult because on a music video shoot you're I mean, you, you hear a song, you know, a hundred times a day. Uh, it's kind of hard, difficult to capture really elements and moments of sort of raw emotion and connecting with the song. And this one really happens to feature um, a few of those, and they really play well into the actual music video. So I think from every aspect, from the production to the whole concept of it to the um, to the actual performance, it was definitely the by far and away my favorite video of uh, of 2011. Sweet. So our interview for this week, Doug, is um, I was really excited to talk to to this person uh, because they're new, sort of new onto the scene of the music video world, and that's always exciting. Her name is Leah McKissick, not McKissock, because we were corrected on that. Duly, you were corrected. corrected I was corrected, right? Leah is actually in college right now. She's a college senior. But she's been attracting attention for her music videos that she's been working on um, while she's been a student. Um, the one that one of the ones that caught her eye was the LBCK video "Start," uh, the uh, his orchestra video "Black Coffin," a pack of wolves uh, "When We Go" music video, um, Red Cortez "End of an Air," and then the uh, most recent one that was done in 2011. 
which we spend uh, you know a little bit of time talking uh, with Leah about is the Mika Benyami Nothing Is Wrong video, uh, which is a really fantastic video, uh, th- th- almost a one shot. So uh, um, quickly, I will. I, let me just. It is. It is one shot. It is one. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm mistaken. Yeah. I'm sorry. One of you take two. Well, actually, that's one thing we'll talk about is uh, is the the difficulty of that shoot and uh, the difficulty of getting that one shot, which is actually for someone who's new to music videos, sounded like quite an interesting experience. So, anyway, and actually, this is we should mention this is our first female director, which we're definitely excited about because there are a lot of uh, fantastic female music video directors out there, and uh, and Leah is one of them. Our listeners know. They they know. They're they like, know. what? That's that's what they said. What? Sometimes we get voicemails, just people going, what? Love the podcast. Click. Uh, so anyway, this is our uh, interview with uh, music video director Liam McKissick. Let's check it out. I've been directing music videos since I was about 17 and um, just been doing it independently and been going to school at Cal State Long Beach studying film um, and just trying to develop my portfolio, I guess, for now until I can find representation somewhere (laughs) after that. Um, But yeah, my goal is to be a professional music video director and also do commercials and features later on in life. So, besides from being actually your first female interviewee on the podcast. Oh, yay. I was wondering about that, actually. It seemed like there were only men yeah, it's, I saw on your podcast so far, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, so far it's only been, it's only been dudes, and you're actually, and yeah. you're the, you're the youngest <laughs> one as well. Um, so, oh. you, you take the, you take b- both awards there. Um, Very cool. So, That's exciting for me. <laughs> so, we're, you know, I guess... The first question I have is, you know, where did you get into this? Because a lot of the, you know, a lot of the people we talk to are, you know, in their mid thirties. They come from kind of a different era in, you know, making music videos. Um, you know, yeah. probably for you, it, they've always been online. They've always been sort of, a, you know, a digital experience. Has that kind of affected the way that you've worked? Oh my God, that's such a great thing for you to ask. Is um, yeah, I feel kind of, I guess, a little bit bitter that I grew up in the time <laughs> that I did because I I mean I grew up in the 90s and I watched so many music videos on VH1 and MTV but since I went to college and have actually been trying to pursue this seriously I've realized how the digital age has like completely transformed the industry and so I feel like a little bit screwed by the way <laughs> things have now with the internet sort of changing everything because I've been putting my stuff online for years now and I've never like made any money off of anything I've done and I don't know I guess everybody in music videos has a more kind of cynical attitude towards it now and it feels like everybody's sort of doing it themselves and I don't know it's I wish I had gotten into it like 10 years earlier if I was like born 10 years earlier or something but in a way it makes me stronger too because I'm doing everything on lower budgets and um, just trying to scrape things together with whatever I have and so I think it gives me an advantage in a way but it's also scary because I think well how am I ever going to make any money off of doing this I mean eventually I'm going to have to find a way to support myself off of this (laughs) It's part of the way that you, <clears throat> excuse me. It's part of the way that you try to uh, help support your uh, support yourself and and support your art. Is it through like these contests that you're entering, and and is it is is the cash prizes part of why you enter them, or is it more as a just a way to get your name out there? Well, this was an unusual situation. Normally, I don't even see very many cash prizes, especially for like short form content, you know, usually they'll, they'll award like some bigger prizes for like 
a feature-length film at some festivals and stuff. But this was kind of an unusual contest, actually. I've never seen anything quite like this one. Um, so normally it's like I'm more just entering them to get some exposure, you know, with my videos and just to get my name out there a little bit. Um, and the cash prize you're mentioning <laughs> I is... I forgot what else you, you asked now. No, that's right. The, the, uh, so the cash prize you're mentioning is the is the fifty thousand from the nothing is wrong. Yeah. Uh, wrong video. When and when was that? Uh, when was that award? Because that is very. I mean, I mean, I've never even heard of a, a contest that pays that kind of uh, I know, you know money right? for a music it's video. Where did you find that? Rare. Actually, it was sort of strange. I I just had uh, the Mika Benyami video on my Vimeo account, and someone found me who I guess was working for the company that was putting on the contest and he sent me a message on Vimeo and said hey you know you should look into this contest and think about entering it because it looks like you might fit the criteria for it and I checked it out and it was like the video had to be under three minutes and you had to be a student and so I was like well perfect you know I have this two and a half minute one shot music video and so I just put it in there and there wasn't even an entry fee which is kind of shocking because a lot of contests and festivals you know there's at least like a 25 to 50 dollar fee every time you enter and that kind of adds up but yeah this one was free and it was just like it was almost surreal it was too easy (laughs) (laughs) it was like somebody calling you or contacting you out of the blue saying uh, we have fifty thousand dollars we'd like to give you please (laughs) um yeah but i didn't i was not expecting to win a grand prize with a music video at all. There's always, like, someone with a short film that's, you know, spent, like, 50 grand on their their short film and, like, had all this amazing equipment, and they always win contests like this. So <laughs> it's a rare, yeah, I don't know, just a rare opportunity, I guess. No, we'd like to get up to a few of your videos in a second, but... Uh, it just uh, reminded me that, it, you know, a lot of the people we talk to that are directing music videos, you know, they have to pull together a lot of resources and, you know, people are one of them, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of time they're looking on Craigslist or they're looking at the people in the community in L.A. and things like that. Does, has, you know, being in college and having a lot of people around you, uh, you know, probably people who are, have a little bit of time on their hands to help out with these kind of, kind of things. Has it been an advantage? Have you used, taken advantage of that resource? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, like, really the only way I've ever gotten anything done in the college level. I've just, like, gotten a lot of students to work with me for absolutely nothing, for no pay. And, like, they're always so passionate and hardworking, and it's, like, I... I, sometimes I just feel really bad, but at the same time, you know, everybody's just looking to get experience in college. So I've just been fortunate to, you know, get a group of really talented people, too. And I've tried to consistently work with some of the same crew members all the time. Like, I have the same choreographer, um, Christian Rappenchuk. I've worked with her on, like, three different projects, and she's, like, the only choreographer I would even think about using it's just so amazing, but yeah, people like that and my producer, um, they're just like really loyal and they haul so much ass for free, you know, and pull together these student resources. And the other thing is just getting the school insurance is like a big, um, expense saver. Right. It's like, um, when you're a student in film school, like you just kind of already get the free insurance through the school. But um, if you're trying to do it outside of that, you got to pay for insurance, and that gets really expensive. Oh, definitely, yeah. And, I, you know, and equipment rental and all that stuff. But, yeah, it's um, really been the only way I could get anything done. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of resources available. Um, and, you know, one of the music videos I wanted to have you talk about is we're, we're a fan by the way we, we, we think you know your work oh, is really fantastic um, how did you find my work by the way oh geez was that is that you Doug yeah um, I 
I'm I like the questions I, around on us now. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's crazy. I I go to um, I visit a, a video static. I think a lot, and they oh, okay. they put a lot of just new music videos out, and I watch them and wa- look for awesome ones to put on the site because the site is gonna eventually have a more automated way of putting music videos on there. But right now, we kind of are just combing the web for awesome music videos, and um, yeah. that's when yeah we found. So I found the nothing is wrong music video on think on video static. So that's how. Oh my god, how. I love Video Static. This is, that was actually my first time getting a post on Video Static. It was kind of exciting for me because I check it all the time to stay updated on new videos. And I was like, I was emailing uh, Stephen, who I guess is the one in charge of Video Static, and I was like thinking, I don't know if he's even going to post this because they're posting mainly just professionals and people at production companies. Right. And so, and he went for it. it were, so you kind of lobbied yeah, to get your stuff on there? It. He seems to do independent people once in a while. Mm-hmm. But he seems pretty nice. Well, one of the, yeah, when Doug started putting them up, the, the one that immediately caught my eye was the LBCK start video. Um, oh, okay. Because it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, I could, I could hear in your voice. That, are you, was, is that, is that not one of your favorites? I say, well, no, I'd say I'm actually the most proud of that video. It's just sort of funny to me how well that video stands, even even against the, the Mika Binyami video, because a lot of people don't know, but our budget for the LBCK video was only $1,000. Mm-hmm. It was literally nothing. It was like I put in like five or $600 or something, and the band put in $400, and that was it. It was like just feeding the crew and like renting some lights that was it well and so everybody worked on it for free and they were all students pretty much well where did that uh, come from or did you did you have some connection with lbck actually i did well i at first i i was listening to a lot of like daft punk and justice on my own i would like listen to my headphones a lot when i was taking the bus to school and I do this thing where I tend to come up with music video ideas just from any song that I'm into or any band that I'm into. Like, and I'll write down ideas that come to me. And then I thought of this idea about the wardrobe and the changing colors of the outfit and doing this sort of stop motion effect. And I think I was listening to Justice when I came up with that. But then I was sort of looking online for a band that was similar enough to that sound of electronic music to kind of adapt the concept over to an original music video for someone. And I just happened to like, I think I had an English class or something with one of the guys in LBCK and I found them online and they had like hardly any fans (laughs) at that point. They were like, nobody really knew who they were yet, but I saw a lot of talent in their music and I was just like really blown away. And so I emailed them and we had a meeting and, I pitched them my idea for the video, and they were like, yeah, let's do it. It sounds great. And so over the next few months, we kind of threw it together with a really low-budget production and um, shot it on campus at my school in the lighting studio that we have access to. And then we spent like three months on post-production because the editing was kind of intense. And then after that, we like premiered it. We had a really cool premiere party for that video actually and then after that it was like it got it got you know a decent amount of views online and you know like people were into it and then suddenly it was like LBCK has like 18,000 fans on Facebook now they like shot up (laughs) completely after the video it was crazy nice and you you mentioned the the role of the you know how how important your choreographer has been to your videos and and in in that video it it uh you know it's really necessary to have like a solid choreographer i wonder if you could talk a little bit about you know how that relationship works and and how you're able to kind of like convey your ideas to her and have you know make sure that what they're putting together works with your idea yeah i mean uh dance has always been a really important aspect of my work and i guess just a part of my life in general so i I feel really inspired by dance, and I like to incorporate it in my videos, but 
I found Kristen somehow, I think it was like through a friend who introduced me to her, and she was this like perfect mix because she was a double major. She majored in film and dance, and so I was like, holy shit, this is perfect. You know, she understands the filmmaking side of things, but she's got this enormous dance background and um, choreography, and so we hit it off pretty fast when we made a a video for his orchestra, this band in L.A., and um, we pulled some, like, dancers together. They were all students, and I kind of just show her, like, video references or kind of explain the style that I'm going for, and I let her just choreograph it, and then she's just she's just kind of gotten what I wanted down from the start. So it's, it's always kind of easy with her, and since she's so good at understanding what I want, I've, like, kept working with her because it seems like she can adapt to any situation. She's pretty incredible. Yeah, what were, what, were there any constraints in, you know, I'm not sure what the technical process was, and if anybody hasn't seen the video, the, you know, the someone dancing, and as they're dancing, they're you're cutting from different outfits, and it's, I mean, obviously it's an in-camera uh, <laughs> effect and editing effect, but it works really, really well. Were there any you know, how did you guys achieve that? And there weren't any kind of choreography we, constraints. Yeah, they're actually, it's, I was so lucky that I made the decision to have a solid white background <laughs> because that actually made it so that we could cheat the footage a little bit so that, because each shot, you know, she would do the same choreography in a slightly different outfit. And of course, she couldn't hit the same exact spots with the choreography every shot. So she would be a, a little bit off every time, like to the left or to the right. But because we had a solid white backdrop, my editor could just like shift the footage over a little bit and and like match it up pretty well. Actually, we were surprised at how well that worked. There were some cuts that literally look like she's in the exact same position when it's mm-hmm. cutting from a different wardrobe piece. But I also kind of like the messiness of it, where it's like it's obvious that we did the effect in camera and that was important to me to make it like a real cut instead of just like doing some CGI work and having it like go from a fake color change to another you know right it looks cooler to me to have like real real cuts but our dancer was definitely not so happy by the end of the shoot because we made her <laughs> do like a thousand wardrobe changes or something it was like so much work and she was like the only, basically the star of the video, we only have LBCK in it for like a very small portion. And so, yeah, and she did it completely for free. She was like a dance student at my school. And so it was like really lucky that we had her on board because she's just a super strong dancer. And like the the desire to kind of like show that, like have the cuts kind of be seen at points and like that more natural feel to the video, does that... Uh, I read in in the other in, another interview that you did that uh, you you'd like to shoot something on film. It does the that idea kind of come from the same place, like a more natural feel. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it probably comes from me just really loving Michelle Gondry's music videos a lot, and he's kind of known for doing doing things the hard way or like doing them in camera if he can. He'll take that road because it even if it does take longer or it takes buying like a million drum sets or something it's like you'd rather do it that way than try to cgi something in and it just it shows and it's so much got so much more character to it that way but i i really would have loved to shoot that one on film i wanted it to look quite a bit different than it turned out we shot it on the canon 5d which gives it like a really clean look like it's it's really digital looking, but um, just so got the idea across. It would have been cool to shoot it on like really grainy film or something, <laughs> but no one can afford that with that kind of budget. Now let's talk. Uh, I'd like to talk about the Mika Benyami video. Uh, nothing is wrong okay. uh, because this is the one that that you know the one you the aforementioned. Uh, you know, first place prize in the contest there, and it's a really, 
you know, fantastic video. It's gotten a lot of uh, you know, you. views online. And I was wondering mm-hmm. if you could take us through the, uh, you know, where it came from, where, you know, how you got in contact with Mika Benyami and where the genesis of the idea came from. Um, well, actually, after the LBCK video, I felt sort of stuck. I was sort of waiting for a good opportunity to come along with another music video, and nothing was really happening. And I'm sort of, I'm pretty particular on the bands and the songs that I work with. Like, I don't, I don't want to waste my time making a video to a song that I don't really feel passionate about. Like, I want to. I want to feel like it's a song that I would actually listen to in my own spare time. And so I had some potential things and everything kind of fell through or there was like the band just wasn't good enough or everything, it just wasn't going anywhere. So it had been like a year since I had made the LBCK video and then out of nowhere, I just got this email from Mika Benyami saying like, oh, I'm looking for a director to make my debut music video and I have like a fifteen to $20,000 budget. And as soon as I read that, I was like, um, okay, I'm probably, that's like a, that's a big budget for me to be able to work with, you know, because before that, I'd only had a $1,000 budget to work with. Um, so then I, I took a listen to the song and her, well, all her songs really, and I, I did like her sound enough, um, to want to do it. And then we just, um, you know, had a meeting in LA and I brought my producer along and I came up with like two different concepts. One was to do like a French new wave knockoff sort of thing where it's like these clips of her reenacting like famous scenes from French new wave movies. And she didn't really like that one. And so I had a different one just in case she didn't like that one. (laughs) And I was like, um, I came up with this idea of her waking up in a bed on the middle of a beach and her like walking down the beach in a whole one shot music video. And I really didn't have anything else planned out with the video. I had no idea what else was going to happen on the beach, but she immediately like liked that idea and thought it was way more just her, I guess, than the other one. And so then we just went forward. But the problem is she wanted the video done in one month, which was like really short for me. I was also going through finals at the same time, which kind of was unfortunate <laughs> timing. Yeah. Um, but it was like a really good opportunity for me, so I was like, screw it, you know, I'm going to do this thing. Yeah, well, 15 and to 20K so for a budget is, I mean, that's, for a music video, that's, from I mean, what, in our experience and the people we talk to, is, is extremely high. Yeah, I know. I probably shouldn't even be talking about budget so much, but I think personally... The budgets make all the difference on your creative abilities. You know, it's like to go from one thousand to twenty thousand. It could give me a lot more options and a lot more toys to play with. You know, so I was excited about that. Now you and it seems like I mean, when you have a budget like that, I mean, how do you allocate that? Especially for something like this, do you kind of say I'm going to throw as much as I can on? on screen or is it location or where do you, where would, where'd you kind of say I need to spend it here? Yeah, that was hard for me to figure out because I wasn't even quite sure how far that money would go or what I was going to be able to do with it because I've never had that budget before. And so I sort of just had to trust my producer would sort of keep me in check with that and make sure I wasn't going too crazy with my ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but really it was important to me to have an insane like art department budget because that's like my favorite department to have fun with and be creative with and so yeah I wanted to be able to do something more elaborate with the production design and then I needed to shoot something outside also because all my stuff before that was like locked inside a studio space and so yeah I wanted to find a way to do both those things like be outside and then experiment with the production design a lot but I guess maybe it might have been a bad idea to try to shoot a one-shot video with all those elements too so (laughs) with the one-shot thing it definitely made it a lot more stressful and complicated for me well I think anybody who's been involved in a production would take a look at it and be like aha this sun looks like it's 
It, it, it seems like that was one of the the last shots of the day. I mean, was it was it a, something difficult to yeah. get down? What was it? What was the production day like? Oh my god, I, I could <laughs> talk can way too long about this. <laughs> um, yeah, we. It's so funny that the song is called "Nothing Is Wrong" because everything went wrong on that video. <laughs> it was insane. But um, I'll try to. Try to keep it brief. Let's see. How can I shorten this down? Well, the main problem first was we ended up with 50 mile per hour winds the day we were supposed to shoot it out there, and so it was like a nightmare for the wind to be that strong because like it was freezing and every the sets were like falling and blowing away. <laughs> like we had like a tent collapse at one point. It was just like really chaotic, and of course we were trying to shoot it on a steady cam. And a steady cam operator like needs low winds so he can hold on to the camera and be really steady the whole time. And so we're like, oh crap, like there's no way we can shoot in these conditions. So we had to try to move the whole production over to the next day, which like made us go way over budget. And then we we happened to lose our steady cam operator that was booked with us, which sucks because the original steady cam operator we had was just like a total badass like this guy was amazing but so he couldn't do it so we had to find an overnight replacement for our city cam op which is kind of difficult considering the fact that we're already like way over budget <laughs> we didn't want to spend too much money on a city cam op but yet it was a crucial position because the whole thing is one shot on a city cam and so we got another guy but by the time we were shooting with the steady cam off, the new guy, um, he like couldn't hold the camera all the way through the shot. He kept stopping like right in the middle and he would say it was too heavy, you know, and so we tried to shed as much layers off of the steady cam rig Jeez. as we could. But then we were losing all this daylight and we still hadn't gotten the shot and like there we got to a point where it was like, Okay, we're about to lose the sun like completely and we still haven't gotten the shot. And so at one point, my producer was like, and the AD, they were like, okay, we're going to have to try to just get through half of this shot and like digitally connect the rest of it together. And I was like so pissed off at that idea because like it needed to be one shot. You know, I didn't want to connect two shots and have to say forever that it really wasn't a one shot video. So then we, we tried that and the guy couldn't even get halfway through the shot. So we fired him. <laughs> and then, like, my um, my cinematographer, luckily, is just like a total badass, and he just shot the whole thing handheld, which like completely changed the look. But it was just amazing because we got the shot handheld like five minutes before the sun was like completely gone. So we only ended up with the one take that ended up being the video. But all the other takes before that were like trash, like. It looks awful. So I guess the steady like really can operator shall not be named. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess it's Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I shouldn't name that guy. I was so I was so angry though. Is it I mean it shouldn't have been a problem for the weight. Right. It like we were shooting on the Alexa, which is like a digital camera, you know, and it's those cameras are supposed to be easier to do those shots on. So anyway, it was it was a weird experience, but I think I learned the most off of that video than anything else I've done. So it was, you know, I guess it was a good experience in a way for that reason. So you finished the video, uh, submitted it to this uh, this contest, and then mm-hmm. won a significant cash prize. And, and I understand there was some a little bit of a problem, legal problem <laughs> with, you know, obviously, you know, you you profited a great deal off the off the video was there was there a problem with with the artist yeah well um i am happy it was like a really fortunate win because i am still profiting off of it but i did yeah i had some problems with the artist which i'm unfortunately not allowed to talk about (laughs) I wish I could, but um, oh no, that's cool because yeah. you're you're our first. Oh, yeah, that's, that's actually pretty cool. You are first. I can't talk about that for legal reasons, guests. That's really? awesome. Yes, <laughs> Adam chose to ask that just just so you would say, 
without you can't talk about it. That I'm legally not allowed to speak about that. I know it makes it sound like so much more dramatic. Like but, somebody got um, murdered on set or something. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like the video got murdered to a certain extent because we did. One thing that I have to talk about is just um, we ended up having a really big dispute over the final version of the video and. Mika wanted to color correct it completely differently from how me and my producer wanted to color correct it. And so we kind of ended up with uh, two different versions. But um, her version is technically, you know, the official video. But yours is the one that was entered in the contest, though. Is that is that right? Right, yeah. Now, is there also a change at the end of the video in the in the the official version that's on the Mickey Ah, oh, you noticed. Yeah, <laughs> it's been bothering me. There's been no like YouTube comments about the differences with the videos. I guess no one's really that observant about these things, or maybe nobody cares about it. But I don't know. It's just like to me, it bothers me so much these differences. But you know, in the end, it's her video, and. Um, she has the final say on how it's going to turn out. I'm just, I'm just the director. <laughs> <laughs> well, if 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 you're not allowed to say, it, maybe we can say <laughs> that her that the ending, especially, it's really weird. I don't know that really, it's re really stood out to me. I don't know that. It, yeah, really no, I, I feel really happy that you noticed it. Actually, I thought I was the only one that was bothered. But I can't get. I can't get. It's just funny that uh, there's a dispute about color correction because you. I mean, you rarely hear. I mean, maybe it's just because yeah. you're out in the business. But usually, when you, I mean, when we talk to people who have had disputes with artists, it's over a cut or um, or something major. But it's just interesting that it was over color correction. I know. I thought I was in the clear. I was like, Jesus! <laughs> I have a one-shot video. How many disputes could possibly arise out of the creative end here? And of course, we still ended up with one over the color. And I was especially shocked because we had a professional colorist do our color. And this guy like really knew what he was doing. And so we just totally didn't expect her to be unhappy with the color. But I guess she's happy with the one that she has now. I still don't get it, but <laughs> <laughs> she likes that. So what, what can you do, you know? <laughs> to me, it looks like she like took the video and made those changes herself in like iMovie. She did, yeah. She, did. she took <laughs> like, it to someone in Israel, actually. We don't know who she took it to, but she, um, I don't know. I'm a little confused by her actions because she's Israeli. She um, is an Israeli citizen, but she like lives part of the time in L.A. And um, she's like flying a lot back and forth between the two countries. But I did find it strange, like, she hired me to make the video when I'm just, like, this young American girl who's, like, still a student filmmaker and stuff um, to make the video. But she, in the end, sounded like she trusted the Israeli people, like, a lot more with the color correction than any of us with it. So, I don't know. I hope next time she, like, hires an Israeli director or something. Yeah, that's, uh, well... It sounds like this video has been quite an uh, an experience. Uh, for <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. I'm still really glad that I did it though, because I I learned a lot, and it was a huge budget to work with. I mean, honestly, like that was a professional budget, and I'm still a student, so it was really cool to be able to have that. Now, uh, I also wanted to ask you about um, you know, like we said, your first female. Uh, female guest on the podcast and mm -hmm. you know one i mean the pool of female music music video directors that we've come across is small um you know mm, i can yeah. think of like sarah chatfield and you know even some you know f feature film directors like sophia coppola and things like that that have directed uh right. music videos yeah. i mean what is it is it like kind of looking you know from your perspective you know looking at the music video industry um where there is like a predominantly male director uh, directorship, but do you have any any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, with with the whole film industry, really, it's still extremely male dominated, and that was like always one of the reasons why I feel 
like it's more important for me to become a director than to like maybe settle with a different job or something. I feel like there needs to be a lot more women directors out there and just expressing the female perspective, you know, and it, it does kind of bother me because I'm a media studies major and so I'm constantly analyzing films that are directed or written by men and they represent women in a certain way and it's like it doesn't necessarily matter like men can still do really great representations of women but I feel like it's a little unfair when you don't have as many women out there to show what it's really like to be a woman you know and show the real perspective and so yeah I think music videos are a huge part of that too we see a lot of like sexual stuff in music videos too and I think as a woman director coming into music videos it's like kind of an important asset for my work because hopefully like more women will come to me and maybe think that because I am a female director and I'm not going to try to overplay like the sex appeal or something with their videos and take a different perspective yeah, it's interesting because you know the the females definitely figure heavily into your video right now. The one we we didn't get a chance to talk mm, about yeah. is the, his orchestra, Black Coffin, which has you know a group of I mean, there's male uh, males as well, but you know a group of female dancers. Obviously, the Mika Benyami has a group of females, and the um, yeah, I mean LBCK video is is you know it features dance. And if I want to go into my film school <laughs> auteur theory talk. As you know, yeah. kind of you know, <laughs> deals with the female body a lot. I mean, is this, is that a way that you see um, that you can kind of um, communicate that differently as a female director? Yeah, I think so. I am definitely more concerned with showing like an empowered, strong female than like a weak side female who's just kind of there for her sex appeal. And I mean, I love I love putting women in there who are dancing and they're expressing themselves more with the, I don't know, I guess with dance, it's a little bit weird because it is, you're expressing through your body, but it's like kind of more about your mind to a certain extent. I don't know. But I think with... What I've noticed with my videos is I feel like everything I write or everything I come up with, it's, like, so obviously an extension of myself. Like, I even cast with these girls that, like, kind of look like me in a weird way. <laughs> and I don't know why I do it. It's, like, as if I am putting my alter ego out there in the world. Like, I cast these girls with, like, dark brown hair and light skin only just because I think I see myself in them every time. Nice picture you got of Leah on the, the page, by the way. Where yeah, did you get that one? Oh, she, she sent did? it to me. She oh. sent me like three. She sent me three to choose from and told me to pick. It was a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's a it's a nice one. She's got some sort of marching band hat on. Go to um, filmed insert slash n slash Leah McKiss Leah Das McKissick and check it out. Um, so we did our our top five favorite music videos of the year. Do you have a top three least favorite or worst music videos of the year? I I do have my top three worst. I'll go through them quickly. I have the top three words too. I wonder if we'll have any of the same. So let's start. I'll start off with my my number three. Number three, Lana Del Rey video games. Um, some people put this actually near the top of their top ten list for this year already. This is an awful video for one reason. It is trying to create an atmosphere, but try as I might, there's no real common thread running through them. I think it's just a completely random jumble of things that are supposed to... Uh, look like somebody that a uh, you know that, that somebody would would sorry I'm not explaining this well. Um, <laughs> it's a completely random jumble of images. Um, some people may find some sort of meaning within them, but I think it's a completely 
overproduced and and really for lack of a better word fake video so lana del rey video games you suck you make out on the top three worst list of 2011 um my number three worst of the year is jay-z kanye west otis um (laughs) it's a bad music video yeah just just because of how disappointing it is and how like like you you like two uh you know like crazy charismatic performers um you know one of the you know greatest music video directors of all time and you know the video they come up with is uh let's like slow down the footage and take a part of bentley um you know when when like by far the greatest moment is aziz standing there (laughs) in your music video you know uh i think if not for that scene this would be the worst of the year just because of the uh the untapped potential of this music video number two uh worst of the year i talked about this before on the podcast uh little wayne how to love uh when this video came out everybody on twitter was talking about how emotional and amazing it was um but in reality it was just it was like a lifetime melodrama it was it was it was like a spanish soap opera it was just completely over the top melodramatic um it had a point and it beat you over the friggin' head with it and um it was very overly simplistic just like the song so i think it 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 had a very very short shelf life and the reason why is because it was the second worst video of 2011 um my opinion of the second worst music video of 2011 um is actually a member of Adam's top 10 list or top 5 list oh here we go uh and that's lady gaga mary the night um Wait, wait, hold, I said born this way, not Mary the Night. No, no, no. The artist, not oh, the, the song. Oh, the artist. Okay, right, right. Artist, not the song, right. Um, you know, 14 minutes, directed by Lady Gaga. <laughs> um, I, you know, just like, and especially knowing that she's capable of doing wonderful, you know, great music videos, and, and this one just totally misses the mark, and it, you know, some may call it ambitious. Some may put it on their top five, top ten, whatever's. But I just uh, am not a fan. Think it, think it, think it missed so much so that I call it the second worst video of 2011. Well, then here we go. We got my number one worst video of 2011 again from February. Wow, February was a weird month. Um, so. This song, when it came on the radio, I everybody en- enjoyed it. It was very popular. I thought it was possibly the worst song of the decade, and that is the Katy Perry, uh, Kanye West uh, song, E.T. And I'll tell you why. Number one, it f- feels like Kanye... I love Kanye West. He's completely phoning it in here. He's it, His sort of little verse on the song is completely... 100% brain dead. It has absolutely none of the characteristics that make any of his other music uh, great. And the other reason is that the the song is just disturbing on a few levels. It's, uh, I don't know, it, it's, listen to the lyrics, think about them, let them go through your head. It's not one of those kind of cutesy videos where you're like, oh, that's a, you know, that's what the kids are doing. It's just a kind of a disturbing video about, uh, disturbing people and so and people just like vomited all over themselves with love for this music for this song so when the music video came out it was they were like this is a big hit song kind of a big hit music video to go along with this and i feel like every second of this music video was just exuding this really bizarre self-importance i feel like every it looks i mean it's a interesting visually looking video and obviously some work went into this um let me find the name of the uh, if faria she is the worst she's the worst to pronounce the music video last name of all time floria sig is mondi um uh, i mean there's a lot of makeup and uh technical work that went into this video but i feel like every single second that was worked on this video was a complete waste of time in every respect of the word. I think it just is devoid of any sort of 
feeling or piece of artistry or anything else that makes a music video sort of worth worth watching just like the just like the song i just feel like this marriage of this Kanye West and and Katy Perry with this awful song was some sort of weird money making ploy and uh, that's the music video that's the song and i hate it with every fiber of my being and i, I would like to set fire dump gasoline on it and set fire to it kill it with fire oh boy um, that was too that was too intense i shouldn't have gone that far but i just i just, I just, just like the video so anybody if anybody who thinks i went too far sorry yeah that i don't i don't think i don't think you went too far um but mm-hmm. i do think that my pick of the week is worse than my <laughs> excuse me i do think that my worst video of the year is worse than your video because i don't think it's just a personal taste thing for this music video um i think this this music video has a new def has created a new definition of what a bad music video is and wow. that is rebecca black friday um i think this video is kind of like to me it's like the anti-filmed insert like we take time to like find people who like spend a lot of time to create their music videos and like make sure you know a lot of them like make sure that the artist and the song fully represent them it's really going to be able to like grow them as an artist and i think that rebecca black friday kind of represents um everything opposite of that it's just like someone who paid money to make a silly song because the kid wanted to sing and it got watched like a billion times and made like rebecca black like a pop icon of the moment and um so because of that uh i'm soapboxing it up and picking rebecca black friday as the worst video of 2011. Doug and I are both. We're, we're, we work on the web. We're both failed. Um, well, I'm I'm failed. Doug is not so much. We're both failed like production people. So we know we know how it hurts. <laughs> Definitely. I see.